Every year, just especially if you're new, every year, we take a few weeks to talk about generosity and um, financial generosity. And um, if you're new, you're going, oh my gosh, they come to like a money church. All they, all they do is talk about money. We, we really don't. But one time a year, we do. Uh, unashamedly, we, we do. And uh, we take a few weeks to talk about generosity. At the end of that series, we receive what we call the miracle offering. And our church is now just coming up on three years, and this will be our third miracle offering, and that will happen next week. Here's what a miracle offering is. It's for two reasons. Number one, it's we need a miracle. Our church needs a miracle. We need a building. We are in a lease space that is very small, and we need a lot more room, and so we need to buy something that is larger. Uh, we need a miracle. Number two, you need a miracle. Yeah, maybe, somebody, anybody? Yeah, okay, so you need miracles. So together, we need miracles, so we give with expectation for God to do something. Now, we don't buy miracles, we don't purchase miracles, but we do so into God's kingdom and believe for his blessing. And really cool, last year, uh, uh, one of my friends wrote down five things that he was believing God for around the miracle offering they sowed, and he sent me that picture of what he wrote down a year ago, And he said, God has done every one of the things that we are believing for. Isn't that cool? And he goes, and there was one thing we didn't write down because we didn't even have enough faith to believe for it, but we also got pregnant and had a baby. And so, and they weren't even, I mean, that was like basically physically impossible. And the Lord did that for them. And again, he didn't purchase that. Um, And we don't purchase anything from God, but they believed God and they Man, they saw God do something amazing. So um, we don't have an amount that we're asking anyone to give. We're actually not even asking people to give. We are asking people to ask God. And between you and the Lord, you're going to figure out if you're supposed to be a part of this offering. Uh, we, we like to say it like this, pray and obey. Can we all say that together? Say pray and obey. So if you pray and God says, don't give anything, don't give anything. If You pray and God gives you a number that is going to stretch your faith. Give that. Whatever the Lord leads you to give, give. And together, I believe we're going to be able to do something really great for God. So with that in mind, I'm preaching every week. I've been building your faith. I've been talking about generosity the last two weeks. I'm going to do that again today. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to start in verse 6. Remember this. Don't forget this. Never forget this. If you're a giver, never forget this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. And each one of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. Let's go, Apostle Paul. You're preaching now. You will abound in every good work. Amen. Let's go. Let's go eat. No, okay. Keep going. Okay. Now he who who supplies seed to the sower, because if we believe that, it changed our life. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God said, I will enlarge your seed and your bread. I'll enlarge your ability to give and your ability to receive. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your, remember that I say this all the time, right? We don't give to City Light, we give through City Light, right? 
I, I didn't come up with that. I got it. I stole it from the Apostle Paul. You give through us and your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, so about the service of giving, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. OMG, I just said a lot. Let me just stop for a second. Paul is saying that your giving is leading to people praising God. Your giving is impacting people. Your giving is, is changing lives. Your giving is causing people to praise God and thank God. Your giving is providing a way for people to receive ministry. Verse 14, and I'm done with this one. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And that indescribable gift is the gift of generosity. In other words, what Paul is saying is, wow, what a gift God has given us that we get to give for the kingdom of God. And look at the impact it makes on people. Wow, thanks be unto God that I can be a giver. I don't have to give. I get to give. It's a gift to give. So I want, let me talk about this. Sowing, reaping, and building. Sowing, reaping, building. Sow, reap, build. Father, I pray you speak to us now and I pray that you would just have your way in this moment. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me and speak to all of us. I thank you that no one is here and no one is watching this by accident, but that you are leading and guiding us. And I pray that you would give us the faith and the courage to sow, reap, and build. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you, brother. So let me give you a little context about what's happening. In chapter 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is receiving an offering. He is receiving an offering from the Corinthians to the church in Jerusalem. The Corinthians uh, would probably never travel to Jerusalem. They'd probably never meet the church of Jerusalem. They'd probably never get to know the church in Jerusalem. But Paul is going around receiving offerings from the Gentile church, the non-Jewish church, to sow back into the Jewish church where the church first started in Acts chapter 2. And so Paul is receiving an offering for this church that is highly persecuted. They are highly in need. And Paul is going to all these blessed um, Gentile churches, blessed just like we're blessed, blessed churches. And he's saying, hey, I'm asking you to give. Now, here's what he says in chapter 8 that's so cool. And it's really strong language. He says, I am not commanding you to give, but I am testing the sincerity of your heart. Um, generosity cannot be commanded because the moment it's commanded, it's no longer generosity. Generosity is not a commandment. Generosity is a test. <laughs> and so if God said you have to give, well, we would give, but that wouldn't be generosity. So Paul says, I'm not commanding. I can't make you give, and, and we can't make you give. We don't ask anybody to give. Paul said, I'm not commanding you to give. I'm testing the generosity. I'm testing the sincerity of your heart. In other words, if God has really done a work in your life, I'm asking you to give, not reluctantly, not out of pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's what Paul is saying. Now, that's what he says in chapter 8. When you read chapter 8, you'll see it. It's, it's very strong language. Now in chapter 9, 
There's a little bit of a shift, and that's what we're going to look at today. And he begins to share the promises of God for our generosity. He begins to attach the blessing of God and the promise of God to our generosity. And Paul gives us a word picture. And he says, when you think of giving, think of sowing and reaping. When you think of money, think of seed. When you think of giving into the kingdom of God, it's like a farmer sowing seed. And so Paul is trying to get us to change our perspective that it's not just giving and it disappears, but it's sowing. The same way that you would put seed in the ground and you no longer see it, but you believe that something is happening. In the same way when you give, yes, it disappears. Hello from your bank account. Is that real enough? But it's doing something that you cannot see. So he's saying, I want you to think about it. Now, every time I talk about generosity in this church, there's no pushback. It's, a, it's actually amazing. It's a gift, I believe, that's on our church from day one. If I've ever talked about generosity, we've never had someone say, Jabin talked about generosity, I got offended, and I left. Never. But if I ever talk about the way God blesses you for generosity, that's where people get nervous. And they start saying things like, and I don't know where they heard it, but they start, hearing, they start saying things like, oh, is this like a prosperity gospel church? Or, or you're one of those give to get preachers or, or you're into giving to get. And, and the, the answer is absolutely not. That is not what we believe. We believe in the gospel. You don't add anything to the gospel. It is the gospel. You don't add prosperity to the gospel, poverty to the gospel. You don't add anything to the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again. Jesus is coming back for you and me. Jesus is Lord. Yo, let's go. That's the gospel. There is no other gospel. Every other gospel is a false gospel. There is no other gospel. But people will accuse me. Little me. Just me. Just me. Little me. Me. Just me. Little Jabin. They'll accuse me of this and, and say, hey, we, we need to leave the church because you preach a prosperity gospel. And I'm like, no, we don't, but we love you, you know? And so we love all the other churches in town, so we're also not gonna stop anybody. We're like, yeah, there's a lot of great churches. Do your thing. So, so let me say this. I, I get it, though. I get that there have been abuse, abuses around this subject. I get that you've seen crazy things on YouTube. Let's go. I get that you've been on, you know, watching BET or one of those stations at 3 a.m. And, and homeboys there selling oil. Come on, somebody. Blood of Jesus oil. And if you'll give a thousand, God will give you a hundredfold, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we've seen it, right? And they got gold rings everywhere, gold chains everywhere. They got grease back hair and dyed beards, you know, and y'all know you've seen it, right? We've all seen it, right? And so we've seen that. And so then it can be like, oh, well, I don't, you know, and so I get that there has been abuses. I get that there's been uh, issues, but just because there's been abuses around money in the church does not change what the Bible has actually promised. And it doesn't change what God's will is for your life. And it doesn't, it, and it's not going to affect me. So if you've been burned by a church or if you've been burned by you know, some Christian TV thing, or if you've been burned by what you've seen on YouTube and it's affected how you think of, of God and God's will for your finances, you gotta let all that go. That is, that is the fringe, fringe, fringe craziness of the body of Christ. That is not me, that is not us. And don't let a bad church experience 
rob you of what God has for you, even in your area of finances, okay? So are we all tracking? So I'm not that guy, and we're not that church, and so let all of that go, and let's see what the Bible says and nothing else, okay? Number one, think of giving as sowing seed. Paul says, when you give, think like a farmer. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. The call of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is generosity. Now, let me, de- let me describe and define generosity to you. Generosity is obedience. Write it down if, you, if you're a note taker. Generosity is obedience, Period. What, you know, maybe you've heard me say the phrase, you know, hey, let's all just give our best. Giving our best is obedience. It's not an amount. It's obedience. It's not even, watch me, it's not even sacrifice. Well, you know, it's, it's not equal amount. It's equal sacrifice. Not true. It's obedience. What the Holy Spirit wants from you is obedience. Nothing else. First Chronicles 29 King David, I'm going to talk about it next week. King David is receiving an offering for the temple, Solomon's temple. He's so moved by what the, what the Lord has done in his heart, he wants to give. David gives, in 1 Chronicles 29, $21 billion to the building of the temple. Let's go. Come on, Elon Musk, where you at? Let's give to this church. Let's go. Come on, Bill Gates. God will save you and you'll give an offering. Amen. 21 billion. 21 billion. With a B. B -b 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 Billion. Luke 21. A woman comes to the temple and puts in two pennies. And Jesus says, she just gave more than everybody else. 21 billion, two pennies. And both of them are precious to God. Because it's about obedience. It's about deciding in your heart what you should give, not reluctantly, but from a cheerful heart. That's why we keep saying pray and obey, not sacrifice. That has not come up in the last three weeks and it won't not come up. I'm not saying, I want you to think of a number that scares you. (laughs) Now, maybe if the economy was just skyrocketing crazy, I might. I might be like, y'all too rich, give some more money, you know? But I understand the times we're in. So I understand anything you do give will be a sacrifice. So I don't even have to go down the sacrifice road. I'm asking you to obey the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to pray and to obey. Generosity is obedience. Nothing more, nothing less. 1 Samuel 15, 22, the prophet rebukes King Saul in the Old Testament. He says this, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. You, you sacrificed, but you didn't obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, now, Paul calls the church to generosity, and then he says, and if you are generous, you will reap. If you sow a little, you'll reap a little. If you sow a lot, you'll reap a lot. Here's what I want you to think about. He says, yes, you're giving, but not in a way that it leaves your life. 
it leaves your present and it goes into your future. Just like sowing seed. When you put it in the ground, it leaves your eyesight, but it doesn't leave your life. It leaves your present, but it doesn't, it's, it's waiting for you in the future. Okay, watch this. No farmer has ever cried over sow, sowing seed. No farmer has ever shed a tear over sowing a seed. Because he knows he's going to get this back in abundance. And no farmer has ever thought, I'm so hungry. I just, I got I to gotta have it. I got to. I just can't wait. No farmer's ever done that. Mm-hmm. Because these will make him sick. <laughs> yeah. And it will not satisfy and it will not do anything compared to what it would do if he'll trust the process. Yeah. No farmer cries over this. They re- they're excited about it. Jamin, how can I be a cheerful giver? Because it's seed. How can you expect me to be a happy giver? Because it's seed. No farmer sows and that night just goes and lays in bed and cries. Because he knows that it's doing something in the dirt that it cannot do in the package. It's doing something in the dirt that it cannot do in his stomach. It's doing something in the kingdom of God that it cannot do in my bank account. Wow. The moment it goes into the ground, it begins to do what it could not do outside of the ground. So, so he says in verse 10 that God is going to give you seed to sow and bread to eat. He's going he's to provide seed to the sower and bread for food. He's going to supply and increase your store of seed. In other words, you're going to be able to give more and enlarge the harvest. You're going to be able to eat more. So what the Apostle Paul just said, if I could use my words last week, the Apostle Paul said that as you give, God increases your level of giving and your level of living, both. Seed to sow, bread to eat. Now let me define bread to eat. Bread to eat is just that. It's provision. It's clothes on your back. It's a roof over your head. It's a, it's a car to drive. It's taking care of your family. It's providing for your future. It's bread to eat. And God says, I want to increase your harvest. I want to increase the bread that you eat. I believe that you should be able to, uh, you know, by the will of God, be able to take care of your kids one day, be able to send your kids to a great college, be able to drive a car, like, you know, I've said a million times that is not being held together by Christian bumper stickers and anointing oil and the blood of Jesus, but is safe and, you know, it's going to get you from here to there. I believe that, uh, I believe that God wants to provide bread to eat. But ne- just never forget this. Money is a tool. Money is a thing. We don't love it, we use it. We don't worship it, we use it. First Timothy 6.10 said, the love of money, not money, the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all kinds, plural, of evil. Not all evil, all kinds of evil. Paul's telling Timothy, yo, you fall in love with money, you're gonna get in trouble. 
you will find ways to sin and money will fund it. So he says, don't fall in love with money. Listen, we use things and we love people, not the other way around. And I'll just submit this to you. If you love money, you'll never love people. How do I know you love money? You use people. <laughs> Have you ever met someone that uses people? They just love money. But how do I know that, that, that money is not my master? I love people. And I use money as a tool. We got a little tool set in our house. I'm a pretty handy man. Just kidding, I'm not. But every once in a while, I got to use those tools around the house. I don't love them. I don't look at that drill. I love you. You're no, no, no. But I use it. And I only use it because I love my wife. Amen. And she makes me hang curtains and stuff. I don't, I don't love stuff. I love people. I use stuff. So this isn't greed. This isn't the gospel of greed. This isn't give to get. This is money is a tool. Yes, I use it to bless my family. Yes, I use it to provide a great future for my family. But no, it is not my God. No, it is not my source. No, it is not where I find my identity. I find my identity in Jesus. I love people. I love God. I love the kingdom of God. I love the gospel. I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I use money to provide for those things. So this seed, if I... If I eat this seed, it's dead. If I eat this seed, it's dead. All it's going to do is give me a stomach ache and nothing else. It's dead. <laughs> it's going to make me sick. By the way, if you ever want to know how the Holy Spirit leads you with what is seed and what is bread, you go to buy something and the Holy Spirit checks you. And you go, huh? oh, crap, that's seed. And other times you go, can I buy that? And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, go for it. Okay, cool, that's bread. But if it makes you sick, it's seed. I'm, I'm preaching. If you're waiting for me to preach, I'm preaching. Okay. If I eat this, it's dead. If I keep this in its package, here's, here's another one. This is basil, not anything else. This is Vegas, but this is basil. <laughs> Some of you are like, can I buy that? No, it's basil. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Um, if I keep this in my pantry, watch me, it's dormant. If I eat it, it's dead. If I, if I keep it like this, it's dormant. And I can put this in my pantry and I can pray in tongues every day. It's still dormant. I can put it inside the Holy Bible. It's still dormant. I can go on a 40-day fast. It's still dormant. I can go every morning, anoint with oil, cast out the devil, rebuke the principalities and the powers of this air. I can command angels to come. It's still dormant. I can put a candle with the Virgin Mary and do the sign of the cross. It's still dormant. This is dormant. By the way, that's why some of you pray for your finances but never give, and they're dormant. Yeah. 
So you open up Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America. Still dormant. Zeros in Jesus. No, still dormant. Addition, still dormant. Because this doesn't work until you do it God's way. And God's way is put it in the ground. And once it's in the ground, you let me do what only I can do. But as long as you're holding on to it, it's dormant. And, and it, you may feel secure. And this, may, this might help you sleep at night, but it's not doing anything for you. It's dormant. If I eat it, it's dead. If I leave it, it's dormant. But if I will sow it, if I will get some dirt... And I will put this basil seed in there and I will put some water on it. Watch me. It becomes dynamic. Scientists will actually tell you that the moment the seed goes into the dirt and the water touches that seed, the dirt will actually begin to vibrate. You can't see with your naked eye, but it begins to vibrate. It literally begins to come alive. It literally begins to do something. What, what it cannot do in here, this is worthless. It can only do in the dirt. And Paul says, think of giving as sowing. I am not saying that if you give next week a generous gift, you're going to wake up to a German vehicle or to a, <laughs> you're going to wake up and there's going to be keys to a gated community house. And I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is that over, see, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm 37 now. I've been, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time and I've been giving for a long, I've been giving my entire adult life. This isn't a give to get in a pinch. This is a lifestyle of giving because I love God. And the, the secondary cool part of it is, yeah, I'm gonna reap. But I'm not giving for the reaping. I'm giving because I love Jesus. I'm giving because I love the gospel. I'm giving because I love ministry. But yeah, does God take care of us? Absolutely. Am I chasing that? Absolutely not. Think of your giving as sowing seed. Number two, believe to be blessed in every way. Believe to be blessed in every way. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. This word enriched literally means the first definition right out of your Greek lexicon is to be made rich, to cause to abound. And I love this one and I really want to hammer on this one, to bring to fullness. The, the fullness of this basil seed is not a seed. The fullness is that plant. The fullness is that it's used. The, the definition of blessing, prosperity, enrichment, whatever you want to call it, they're all Bible words, is again, it's not a certain amount that you get to. It's not a certain car that you drive. It's not a certain size of TV. It's not a certain square footage of home. It's, it's, it's not that. It's that you enter your fullness. Does that make sense? That you just come to the fullness of whatever God's called you to. So, I always say it like this. It's having enough to fulfill God's call on my life and more than enough to be a blessing. So no, not everyone's supposed to be a millionaire. Not everyone's supposed to, you know, just have crazy amounts of wealth. But everyone is to live to the fullness that God gave them. Matthew 25, Jesus said, I gave some men five, some men two, some men one. That's on God. 
That's calling. That's destiny. That's purpose. That's, but it's our responsibility to multiply that and use that for the kingdom, whatever God gives us. So I'm not promising, you know, wealth in like the American dream wealth. I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about you getting to the fullness of whatever God's called you to have. Am I making sense? Somebody say amen. Third John chapter one, verse two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, be in health just as your soul prospers. Luke chapter six, verse 38, give and it will be given unto you. What's it? It. It's love, it's forgiveness, it's mercy, it's grace, it's kindness, it's friendship, it's money, it's prayer, it's give. It and it will be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Will it be put into your lap? For with the measure you use, it, it will be measured back to you. Proverbs 11, chapter 24. The world of the generous is getting larger and larger. Let's go. The world of the stingy is getting smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. The one who helps others are helped. This is a really cool word picture in the, in the Hebrew language when it talks about larger and larger. It's the, the, the phraseology would be better, more and more. And the idea is, watch this, circular blessing. More and more. Around and around. Um, again and again. More and then more. More and yet still more. Repetition of addition. What does that mean? That means that you're going through life and is it perfect? Nope. Did we all face 2020? Yep. But man, God's more and more keeps coming back into our life. Do we all have to face some storms at time? Yep. But God's more and more keeps sustaining us. Do we all have to go through some situations we don't want to go through? Yep. But God's more and more keeps coming. It is a repetition of blessing. And though the enemy may feel relentless, like he's never quitting on you, I promise you God's more and more is more consistent. Come on. It's more repetitive. It's more and it's more And God's abundance is more than the enemy's subtraction. God's multiplication and addition is more than anything the enemy can throw at you. So the world of the generous, I I can take a licking and keep on ticking because God's more and more and more just keeps sustaining me. Amen, everybody. And there's some years that are really, really awesome. And there's some years that are really, really challenging. And yet it's God's more and more. His larger and larger that keeps moving me forward. And this is not karma. Here's what karma is. Because you start talking like this and you start thinking about karma. But most people don't know what the definition or idea of karma is. Here's the idea of karma. Karma is a force that comes back to you in accordance with your actions. So, so karma is you sow a, co- a corn kernel, corn kernel, and you get a corn kernel. You get back what you put in. God's blessing is you put a corn kernel and you get a stock with a lot of corn. It's so much better. God's idea of sowing and reaping is not karma. God's going to get you for that. 
That's not, how, that's not how God works. And they thought, well, Lord, I'm going to put an offering in on 22nd. I'll help the church out, and the Lord will, the Lord will see it. Give that back to me. No, he, <laughs> I, he's, he gives more and more. It's, it's, it's not getting what you deserve. Christianity is not getting what you deserve. Christianity is you get what you don't deserve. <laughs> Christianity is you get what Jesus deserves. Christianity is you get God's righteousness. Christianity is you become a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Sowing and reaping is not fair. Sowing and reaping is God's supernatural ability to give you what you could not get on your own. Am I helping anybody now? I'm talking about... This is not what comes around, goes around. This is, I believe God and God does what I give generously, but I reap generously. And my definition of generously and God's definition of generously are not the same. What is generous to me is not what is generous to God. In other words, when I give and I stretch my faith and I obey God, God always gives, but he, he will never let you out give him. He will always give more and more and more. And when you give, God is blessing you. God is helping you. God is rewarding you. It's so much more. In, in karma, you drop an apple seed into the ground and you get back an apple. In God's blessing, you drop an apple seed in the ground, you get a tree. Which will lead then to a forest. One more. Come on up, Zach. Number three. We get to be a part of someone's miracle. This, this is the most important part, by the way. This is it. This is everything. We get to be a part of someone's miracle. Verse 12. This service you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but it is overflowing into many expressions of thanks to God. So Paul talks to a group of people. Now in ancient times, you would never travel more than a few miles from where you lived. That's just how it was back then. And Paul is talking to this group in Corinth, 800 miles away from Jerusalem. And he says, you're gonna help them. You'll never go there but your seed will go there. You will never meet them. You will never see them with your eye. You will never know the impact you're making, but your seed, world of the generous is getting larger and larger, is going out. And I don't know if you saw this in verse 12. Paul said that their giving, he called it their service. This word service is in the Greek language literally means to be in full-time ministry. <laughs> Let's go. It, it literally means to be in full-time ministry like the office of prophet, pastor, apostle, elder, etc. Does anybody have some cash? Anybody got some cash? Nadia, you got some cash? You got some she money? Hiding from Jay? Here, let me have some money. Give me some money. Okay. Well, 20, okay. Jay's like, I didn't know about that. Um, Paul says, when you give, it goes into service. So I can go to the gas station, I can buy a Coke, and I can buy some Takis. 
like what I buy. Amen. I can go to Cafe Rio. I can get my burrito. I can go to Sonic and get my cherry limeade. And I can, and, and nothing wrong with any of that. Well, probably it's all of that's wrong, but you know what I mean. Amen. I can go to True Foods and buy an almond for $20. Yeah, not with 20. You got to go to True Foods with 20, but you all get what I mean. And I can do that. I can buy a pair of sunglasses at Target. I can, whatever you want to do. And it's cool. It's not, there's nothing sinful with any of that. Or I can call this into the ministry. I can ordain it into the ministry. I can make this as called as the preacher up there. And Paul said, when you give, you are putting it into service and into ministry. And now, for most people who will never touch a microphone, who will never preach, who will never go on a platform, who will never do those kind of ministry things, they are called to the ministry. They are in the ministry. Every tither is in the ministry. Every offering giver is in the ministry. Every generous Christian is in the ministry because Paul said, when your money goes in, it literally goes into the service of the Lord. Is this not amazing? And yes, does it provide the normal kind of things that we need? Yeah, but it's more than that. See, like the, the seat you're, you're sitting on right now? Here you go, Nadia. I want to bless you with $20. God bless you. It's feeling generous. Come on. You know some preachers would have taken that and forgot. You know what I'm saying? So I was trying to... God bless you. Sow some seed. Amen. So um, the seat you're sitting on, the seat you're sitting on, they, they didn't just show up. I wasn't praying one night and got a knock on the front door and there was Michael the archangel and he goes, hey, we've been working up in heaven. Got you 250 seats. It's our gift from Jesus. That didn't happen. That'd have been super cool. I'd have loved that story. I'd have totally put that on my Instagram, but that didn't happen. (laughs) August 2018, people gave in this thing called a miracle offering. And we bought chairs because somebody gave. And every Sunday, people sit in those chairs and every Sunday, people get saved in those chairs and every Sunday, people are restored in those chairs and every Sunday, hearts are healed in those chairs and every Sunday, marriages come back together in those chairs because somebody called their money to ministry. (laughs) Someone gave for that camera. You're watching right now on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Somebody bought that camera. They gave. Again, they just didn't show up. Sony didn't just call us and say, we want to be a part of the ministry. Can we donate cameras? That would have been cool. It didn't happen. Somebody had to give. Somebody gave, and because of that, we can hire a children's pastor to minister to the next generation. Somebody gave so we could do youth on Wednesday night and see young people saved. I see young people impacted by the gospel. Come on. Somebody gave and it enabled us to do ministry. Somebody said, I'm not just going to use this money on me. I'm going to ordain it. I'm going to call it into the full-time ministry. And because somebody gave, we were able to feed over 500 families at West Prep. We're able to feed thousands of people because somebody gave. Because somebody gave, we give to the 1040 window every month. 
and we see hundreds of people saved in the most persecuted nations of our world because somebody gave. And Paul said, you'll never meet him. You'll never see it, but it went into the ministry. So from the very beginning of this thing of worship, Unto the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God said this, Exodus 25, 8. Have them, you, us, people, have them build me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. Before angels in the outfield, God said, if you build it, I will come. Is that too old of a reference for all you young people? Y'all never seen that? He said, he said, build, build it and, and I'll dwell. If you'll build, I'll dwell. If you'll give, I'll dwell. If you'll build me that new building, I promise I'll, I won't just meet you there. I'll beat you there. If, if, if you build it, I'll dwell there. If you give me four walls and a roof, I'll show up. Where two or three are gathered, I'll be there in the midst of them. Build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now, let me say this lastly. A lot of times, especially in a season like we're in, a climate like we're in, in, in just our world, there's a pressure on me, and I, and I feel this at times too, make sure I'm telling you what we're doing with the money. You know, we're giving, and we're helping, and we're giving to this, and, we're, and all that's great, and I, uh, I'm so honored that we get to do it, and no one is pressuring me to do that, but I kind of I feel that. Let me just remind you that the reason we give to the church is the reason the Corinthians gave to the church. And we are not giving to a 501c3 or a nonprofit for the sake of doing those things. We, we do them, and they're a big part of what we do, but we give so that we can provide a place where the word of God can go forth, where the gospel can be preached, and where people can be impacted for eternity. Amen. We are not just giving to do stuff on the four, outside of the four walls. We are giving to provide ministry inside of the four walls because we believe that this word changes life. We believe that there is an eternity. We believe that people need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that heaven and hell are real. We believe that the word of God has power. We believe that people can be transformed by the word of God. We believe in the teaching and preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that we are to build God a sanctuary a place where he dwells with his people. Yes, we're doing a lot of great stuff, but the greatest thing a church does is not the humanitarian aspect. The greatest thing a church does and the reason there is a church on planet earth is to teach and preach God's people the Bible and to see them transformed by the renewing of their mind. And as the word of God goes forth, it changes us. It does not return unto him void, but it accomplishes everything he set it out to do. The most significant thing we do is not give food. The most significant thing we do is what I'm doing right now, preaching the Bible to people in a community. 
and seeing them transformed by the Holy Spirit, by the worship, by the community, by the prayers of God's people, by the teaching, by the preaching. This is what is so significant. God said, build me a place. And the apostle Paul said, when you give in this way, here's what it will lead to. Oh yeah, God will bless you. Yeah, you'll have bread to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be enriched in every way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Let me tell you what this is all about. It will lead to an overflowing thanksgiving to God. When I'm generous, God gets the glory. When I'm generous, God gets the praise. Oh, thanks be unto God for this indescribable gift called generosity. Wow. Praise God.